0: Hey, I got a lot to teach in a little bit of time, so I'm going to need your grace today. Uh, Anybody ready to just uh, learn some scripture today? I got a whole lot of scripture. I don't know what else you came to church for. Uh, Listen, we we talk about this a lot, but listen, you're not just here for entertainment. You're here for enlistment. And so we are called to be the army of God. And so I think it's really important that you get trained, filled up, and this should affect your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, and beyond. Amen, everybody? Okay, so let's get right into it Uh, in Kings and Queens, part two. uh, Let me give you a little context for what's happening really fast, is this, is that basically Jesus is preaching in this church, and so he's doing exactly what I'm doing, and he goes back to his old home church in his hometown of Nazareth, and he's speaking these messages, these prophetic messages to these people, and the Bible says that he's showcasing his wisdom and his power, so he's flexing on them right now. And so he shows off his power, and then the Bible says, wow, where did he get this wisdom? And then it goes on to say, and then they turn and go, wait, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Mary's son? Isn't this, I know his brothers. I know his sisters. I knew him as a little boy. And who does he think he is? And then the Bible says this, and the people began to get offended at him. How many know in here that a crowd and people can be fickle? Come on, people can be fickle. And then they said they began to turn against him. Then watch this. Jesus says there's only one place. A prophet isn't honored, his own hometown. Hmm. That's unfortunate because how many know in the room that it's oftentimes the people that know you the most that value you the least. And this is unfortunate. And can we just make a a, a declaration as our church family? We're not going to be those types of people. Come on. We're not going to be those types of people. And although you know my flaws, and although I know your flaws, we're going to see through the eyes of honor. And although you might see my mistakes, I am not a mistake. Although I see your mistakes, you are not a mistake. The Bible calls you, and we talked about this last week, the Bible calls you royalty. You are a king, and you are a queen. And we need to see through the eyes of honor, the royalty that is inside of people. Can I get an amen, everybody? And so what what we talked about last week was this, is basically there are two things that God wants to establish on earth. That God wants to establish his kingdom, and God wants to establish kings and queens to usher in his kingdom. And we look through Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. It talks about how God lets us serve as kings on earth and priests on earth. And so we talked about all these different things, having royal standards. Come on, everybody. And so we're not just called to live like everybody else. We're called to live with royal standards. And then you also have to have royal relationships. Because how many know kings only marry queens? Right? You guys remember this? And then just as a surge of confidence for any believer is you have a royal guard. Is that you got angels that are watching over your life. Come on. Does that encourage anybody in the room? You got angels that watch over your life. And so the Bible says that you are kings and queens. And we need to see through the eyes of honor. Go on to the next verse. And it says this. It says, And their great unbelief kept him, kept Jesus, from doing any mighty miracles in Nazareth. Another translation would say he only did a few miracles. And so watch. The town of Nazareth had the savior of humanity in their town, teaching in their church, but because they saw him as a boy and they saw him raise and grow as a young boy, they just took him as familiar. What's this term? Is this term familiar? There's this term family. And so they saw him just as a common person. They didn't see him for the Savior that he was. And if you don't see Jesus for who he was, you won't receive the benefits of what he could do. Did you hear what I just said, everybody? I'm preaching right now. And so... If you don't see Jesus for who He is, you won't receive the benefits for what He could do. He is a healer. He is a provider. He is a redeemer. He can save your. He can set free your sins. He can heal your body. He can set free your family. This is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus can do. But here's the deal, because most people look at this text and they say, "Well, Jesus was hindered because of their lack of faith and lack of honor." Listen, divinity is never uh, 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 stopped by humanity. Never. And so it wasn't, watch this, this is so important. It wasn't that uh, Jesus had a lack of power. It's that the people had a lack of honor. Are you hearing me, everybody? And so the reason there was no miracles done in this town was because they did not honor him. And they didn't bring anybody to Jesus to get healed in the first place. Because they did not see him through the eyes of honor. I, I wrote this down in my notes. What if, watch this, what if you had a prophet in your home and you didn't even know it? Because oftentimes prophetic voices are dressed as five-year-old little kids walking around your living room, messing up your whole place, and then your whole house is all jacked up. But what if I told you that that little girl is a prophet in your house and you need to start raising your kids like it? Oh, I feel like preaching today. Man. I'm serious because oftentimes we need a revelation from God and we want to hear the audible voice of God in the heavens speaking down, my son, this is what I want you to do. This is not how God speaks because God speaks through your wife and she is called the Holy Spirit oftentimes. Come on, any husbands feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost right there. I saw a woman back there. She's just like, you better listen to me. It's honor. And that's what I want to talk about today is the concept of honor because we are called to usher in God's kingdom to earth. Are we not? This is what we are called to do as believers is to usher God's kingdom to earth. And one way to usher the kingdom of God into Boston is through this concept of honor. Write this down in your notes. I think it might be in your notes already is this. Is where there is no honor, there is no miracles. Where there is no honor there is no miracles, because hear me, and you can write this one down too, is this, honor is the soil where miracles grow. Honor is the soil where miracles grow, and if there is no honor, you will get no miracles, and so let's pray. Uh, Father, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us. I pray that you would use this message, breathe on it. They don't need a message from me. They need a message from heaven, Lord, and so I just pray that this this sermon would be more like a, a transformative message from God. I pray that we would learn the principles of honor. And you say in your word in Colossians 1, 28, it says, him we preach. So we preach Jesus, but it says warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom so that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus or fully mature. And so today I have an encouraging message, but today I also have a warning. And so, could, would you help God to be able to speak to everybody? Help us to be receptive, to be open to the word, to be ready to grow, to be challenged, to be convicted, but also to be encouraged. And we are walking away here different than when we came in, in Jesus' name. And come on, everybody said. Amen. Come on, everybody said. Amen, amen and amen. Thank you, Sarai. I appreciate it so much. I'm going to tell some jokes, and I don't need that in the background. Um, I, got, I got a call not too long ago. And it was a call nobody wants to get. And they go, hi, is this Devin Fry?" Pick up the phone. Yes, this is. And they go, we need to meet with you uh, urgently. Um, We need you to come into our office. And I said, "Uh, is everything okay? They said, everything is fine, but we need to meet with you. Can you meet in two days from now? I said, okay, fine. And so I pull up to this uh, complex, and I look at the business, and all I see is there's no joy. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is the doctor's office, everybody. Come on, anybody in here hate the doctor's office. Can't stay in that place. And if you're a doctor in here, please change your culture in Jesus' name. Anyways, walked into this place, and, uh, you know, you go up to the front desk. You're like, hi, my name is Devin. I have an appointment. She's like, okay, go upstairs, take the first left, go on the first left. And then I walk into this doctor's office, and, like, I don't know what they're called. The pre-doctor comes in, you know, the first one that asks you information and questions. And she's like, you know, she goes through this litany of questions. She just asks, uh, sir. Um, have you smoked or drank recently? And I go, you know, it's like the young, the young Devin comes out. and I'm like, I uh, smoked once in high school. You know, it was peer pressure. It was a stupid idea. I'm so sorry. And this woman's literally start writing down. And she's like, that doesn't count. And I literally swear, I saw her write down, this dude is insane. I don't know what's going on with him. He's definitely on drugs right now. And and then she's like, "Well, do you drink?" And I said, "Honestly, just personal confession, I can't drink. Whenever I drink alcohol, I get hives. I just it just I it's what it is. It's my life. God bless me with it or curse me with it, who knows." And so she again, she's just like, "Okay, something's wrong with this dude for sure." And then she asks the doctor or she goes, she tells me, she goes, "Okay, the doctor's coming in and the doctor prefers you to be fully naked." And I go, "I'm sorry, what?" I thought this was just a physical. Why, why do I have to be fully exposed? Like, is this a doctor's office or is this a brothel? What is going on here? And then she leaves the doctor's office, and I'm just like, uh, is there a robe or anything? There was no robe to be found. I'm like, I'm just supposed to be, what? Fully, what is going on here? You guys feel my pain, everybody? Come on, Framingham. I know some of you guys experienced this before. And I'm looking around, I'm like, where is this robe? Finally, I find it. It was it fell off the chair in the back, and so I finally found it. I'm tying this thing. It's just super weird. Doctor comes in, and she just, you know, starts doing the examination, all that kind of stuff. Don't need to go into those details. But uh, then she asks, she goes, uh, tell me about your life, and tell me about what's going on. And I foolishly said, I'm going to the Dominican in a couple weeks, and so I'm leading a mission trip there. And she goes, oh. She goes, well, did you receive your tetanus shot yet? And I go, I messed up so bad. I messed up so bad. I'm like, I should have never said it. And, and she's like, well, you know you need to get your tetanus shot. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Fine. Just get it over with, please. I'm not a drama queen. I'm a drama king, okay, everybody? Um, and then she pulls out this drawer. And uh, she pulls out, she's like, I need to get the syringe and I'll load it up. It'll be quick. It'll be fine. It's painless. And she pulls out this, uh, what I thought to be a syringe. It was actually a sword. It was literally like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pulls out a katana. Like it was huge. So she comes up to me and then she's like, and then she does what the doctors are supposed to do, you know, distract you and just start, you know, start saying stuff like, hey, tell me about your son. I know you have a son you mentioned it earlier. Tell me about him. And I got lost in the sauce. Totally, just totally fell into the conversation. And then all of a sudden she just pierces my shoulder and it comes out of my back and it just, it was so painful. I was so frustrated. And Lydia, I was like, Doc, can I please get out of here? She's like, you're all set. You're all good. Put back on my clothes. Run out to my car. I run from my life. Call my wife, and I'm crying. on the I'm just getting cry. cry. But I remember just being in my car, just being like, I need to get out of this place because I do not feel good when I'm in that spot. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? I remember being in my car, just being like, I want to get out of that place so fast. Uh, it brought me to this question that I want to ask you guys today is this is when you leave a a person, when you leave a place, how do people feel when they leave your presence? How do people feel? Because people feel one of two ways, and it's simple. People either feel honored or people feel dishonored, period. And so that's what we need to talk about today, is honor or dishonor. Because listen, as kings and queens, listen, write this down in your notes, as kings and queens, God has called us to live honoring and to be honorable. And so you either honor people or you dishonor people. And watch, our definition of dishonor is wrong. Because most of us think dishonoring would be a bombardment of our character. It would be criticism or critiques. That is not what the Bible calls dishonor. Watch this, and I think it's in your notes. The term in, this, the, term in the Greek for this word dishonor is this word atimos. So watch, throw this up there, guys. Atimos. It means this, to treat as common or to treat ordinary. Isn't that interesting? So to dishonor somebody is just to treat them as they were normal human beings. It's not to criticize. It's not to reprimand. It's not to bombard them. It's just to treat them as common. That's the biblical definition of dishonor. Isn't that interesting? And so like I said before, the person to your left or the person to your right, they are not normal. They are not common. The Bible calls them royalty. And it's time to start treating people like the royalty and the king and the queen that they are, everybody. And so watch, watch what honor says. Honor is this word, teammate, also spelled time, teammate. It means to value, to respect, or to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Here's my definition, to just treat them as royalty. Let me ask you a question. Are you a person of honor? Do you see people through the eyes of honor? Because here's what I know, and here's what I know our world needs. A dishonoring world needs an honoring church. It's the world we live in. We can't wait to expose people, but the Bible calls us to honor people. A dishonoring world needs an honoring church. And just so you know, this is not just a concept I'm just coming out theoretically with. There is tons of scriptures on it. I just want to give you a few, and I think you have a couple bonus scriptures in your notes. Write this first one down. It's in Matthew chapter 10, I believe it is. Verse 41, it says this, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Isn't that a powerful scripture? Let me read it again. He who receives a prophet, so watch, let's break this down. Say there's a prophet in your house. Say there's a prophet in your church. And you got to make sure you receive him in the name of a prophet. And although people don't look prophetic, oftentimes they could be prophetic. How many know that? And so in the name of a prophet, they will receive the prophet's reward. Meaning that everybody carries with them benefits of the kingdom on the inside of them. And so how you view somebody will be the proportion to how you receive from somebody. That's why this, watch this, you should never come into church casually. You should never just walk into these doors just being like, we're going to have a good day today. We're going to have a couple jokes. I'll learn a little bit. No, you should come into church saying, I am hungry for the word of God. I need a word from heaven today. I know for a fact that I'm going to come in here and God is going to meet me. God is going to heal me. God is going to redeem my life. God is going to do something in my family. And there's going to be generational blessings that come from a Sunday like this. Do not come into church casual, everybody. You should never just come in here. That's why. That's why people should come in. Show up five minutes early. Get your hearts prepared. You should be driving to church and just putting on worship music. Get your heart. Get your spirit. Get your mind ready because you could receive a word from God that could change the entire history of your life and the entire destiny of your life and change a generation, because you just came into church expecting something. Watch this. Write this down. Is this is what you expect you will experience? And so if you expect a word, let me tell you something. You're going to get a word. And I just, I love people that just say, I don't care who's preaching. I don't care who's teaching. Uh, You know, oh, great. I've forgotten a few times. I've been downstairs, and I've been preaching. This is just coming to me right now, Dad. I've been uh, downstairs, and I preached first service. Somebody came in second service, and they're like, who's preaching today? I was like, oh, I heard they're okay. It's not PD, unfortunately. She goes, oh, I'm I'm leaving. She walked right out of church and i'm like ah, i'm the preacher okay it's fine i'm not really upset upset or offended about that but sometimes we just think up oh, because of who's preaching that will dictate or determine whether or not i'm going to get something today and let me just tell you no matter if pd is preaching if we have troy maxwell coming in if we have john maxwell coming in it does not matter if you're hungry for a skittle or if you're hungry for a steak it doesn't matter you just need to be hungry for the word of god everybody How you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's word. Does anybody in here want a prophetic word from God to say, I need to do this in my life? So that's why you should never come into church casual. That's also why, and hear me, this is just to be pastoral. I'm not trying to correct anybody. This is just to be pastoral and warning. That's why you should be careful when you call mentors or leaders bro, pal, kid, buddy. Because, listen, you don't need a buddy. You need a pastor. You don't need, come on, you don't need a bro. What you need is a prophetic voice in your life. Y'all hear me, everybody? And so I remember this one time I'm preaching at this church, and uh, I preach at this church in Malden. I get a DM from somebody, and uh, they go, hey, that was a great message. Thanks for that kid. And I'm like, I'm going to punch you in your throat, bro. But that was, of course, the flesh, just not, not, not spiritual at all. And I'm just like, thanks, you know, just, just as much attitude as I can give. But listen, how you view somebody determines if you can receive from somebody. And so I think a lot of us in this room need to make sure we are careful with how we view people. And listen, I can learn, and I'm learning a lot just from my son Zion. He's a year and a half old, and I learned so much from my son, and he doesn't even speak English this dude speaks tongues all the time. That's it. Just kidding. He's spirit-filled. I mean, it's true. He kind of does that. Um, so how you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's word. Isn't that good, everybody? Here's, here's another scripture. Watch this one. It says this in Ephesians chapter 6. You guys know this. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And that it will, what? Go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So there are two promises that come from honoring your father and mother. And by the way, this is not just speaking to just honoring your father and mother, it's a principle of authority. And so, honoring authority. And so, the Bible says it will go well with you and you will live long in the land. So, two things that happen when you honor you will have prosperity and you will have longevity. That's in the text. You see it? You will have prosperity and you will have longevity. And this is just bonus material for those that like it, is this. And this is the warning that I want to give. And this is just to be a pastor. I'm called to preach the Bible and nothing but the Bible. Is this. Is sickness and suffering will come to those who dishonor. It's biblical. And But watch, the opposite is true. Health and healing will come to those who honor. Are you hearing me today, everybody? I'm preaching the Bible. We, we read it in, in Matthew chapter 13. It's also found in Mark chapter 6, the Synoptic Gospels. You see, in this text, Jesus didn't do many miracles. Is that not what it said? It says in the, in the Passion Translation that we read earlier, it said he did no miracles. In a different translation, it actually says that he didn't do many miracles, which means that although many people dishonor Jesus, Jesus will still find a few people that honor him and they will heal them. And, many, and a few people got healed in the town of Nazareth, Right? And so watch, that just means that even if everybody else, even if a generation dishonors me, God will find the exception. And listen, honor always breaks the rules because honor is always the exception. And so I don't know about you, but I certainly know I want health and healing to come over my body. I want health and healing to come over my wife. I want health and healing to come over my family. And so I need to be a person that honors the principle of honor. And so sickness and suffering come to those who dishonor. We see it. So Jesus didn't do anything to the people that dishonored him because they just didn't have any honor. And he says, I can't do anything when people are dishonoring. He, he gets away. He shies away from a dishonoring environment. That's in the text. So, so health and healing come to those who honor. Sickness and suffering comes to those who dishonor. Let's go to the next one. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 5. The elders, watch this, because there's different levels of honor. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of, what does it say? Are worthy of what? So again, there's levels to honor. And so I love what this says, is the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Uh, I just think it's appropriate since we're in the month of it. Um, This is, I don't know if you know, but this is Pastor's Appreciation Month. And so this is what the Bible says. We are called to honor our pastors and to honor our leaders, especially ones that do it, what does the word say, well. And so I don't know about you, but I think we got some pastors that lead really well in this church. And I'm really thankful for this church. So can we honor our pastors? And don't just honor them. Double honor it. Can we all stand to our feet? Can we all show love to Pastor Derek Fry, to Pastor Stacy Fry, to Pastor Chris Mendez, to Pastor Mark McEtherin, to Pastor Deej? Come on, can we show honor to Pastor Jerry? We are so thankful for the pastors and the leaders of this house. Listen to me. Listen to me, everybody. And stay, stay standing for a second. We need to learn the principles of honor. And, and I know I'm one of the leaders of this house, but I'm the son of this house. I'm one of the sons of this house. And I just want us to be making sure, and I feel like it's a personal responsibility of mine, to make sure we understand the principles of honor. We are called to honor those who are our examples. And some of us in this room, hear me loud and clear, some of us in this room would, be, uh, would not have the life that we have if it wasn't for the example, the teaching, and the correction of our pastors and our leaders of this house. So can we one more time show love and honor to our pastors? Thank you. You guys can sit down. It's the principle of honor. Somebody say honor. Come on, we need to have the honor code. It's the honor code. It's so important. And we want to have honor in our lives because where there is no honor, there is no miracles. I want to give you two things really fast, two different categories that we need to talk about before I'm done is this. I want to talk about the danger of dishonor, and I want to give you the honor code is why we honor, the benefits of honor. You guys getting something out of so far as this helpful? Okay, so the dangers of dishonor. Uh, why don't you just write this down in your notes? It doesn't take much to criticize. It takes integrity to honor people, though. It doesn't take much to criticize. No, not at all. It takes integrity to honor people, though. Um, There's a text in Genesis chapter 9 where Noah just gets off the ark. And so he's been in the uh, open sea for about a year and 17 days is what scholars believe. And so he gets off the ark, he plants this vineyard, and then he gets drunk off of wine, is what the Bible says. And he is so drunk, he is chocolate wasted. He finds himself in the tent, and this dude is drunk, but he's not just drunk, he's naked and drunk. Okay, and before you guys go judging Noah, I know there's probably a lot of people in this room that have been that drunk before in their life. Come on, turn to your neighbor and just be like, I know it's you. I know, I know it. I know it's some of you guys in Framingham for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our pastor says, "Don't judge me." That's great. It's great leadership, Dad. It's awesome. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I just, got you. Uh, I just know. Listen, there's danger in dishonoring. So watch. So Noah, he he plants his vineyard. He gets drunk off this vineyard, and he's found in his tent naked and and completely drunk. And his son, he has three sons: Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Ham walks into. By the way. Uh, just a dishonoring thing is to call a son Ham. I just need you to know that ahead of time. Ham walks into this tent. And he sees his father drunk and naked. And what does he do? He goes back to his brothers and says, yo, this is what I saw dad doing. And then Shem and Japheth come into the tent, and they realize that he's naked and drunk. And what the Bible says is so interesting is they actually grab a garment, and they walk backwards, and they cover their father's nakedness. And so when Noah comes back to sobriety, He gets back up and he actually speaks a blessing over Shem and Japheth. And so he says, because you covered me in a time where I needed covering and in a time where I was weak and foolish, I speak a blessing over you. And what he did was he cursed his son, Ham. And what did Ham do? Ham didn't necessarily do anything wrong. He went to his brothers. But watch, just because, hear me, just because you didn't do something wrong doesn't mean you did something right. And so, and so him, he goes back and exposes his father and never covered up his nakedness. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when somebody who is dishonorable, I'm sorry, what do you do and how do you honor somebody that is dishonorable? How do you do it? Well, we see it from Genesis 9. Is these men, watch this, they walked backwards and they covered him with the garment. I believe it was the garment of praise. Is they're still honoring their father even though he did something dishonorable. And so what do you do when somebody in your life, whether it's a biological father or mother, whether it's a boss or a leader, whether it's your president of the United States, what do you do when somebody is acting dishonorable? You cover their weakness. That is what a person of honor does. Is no matter who you are, we are called as Christians to be honorable and to be honoring, and we cover the weaknesses of people. And what did they do? They walked backwards. Why? Because they're covering their eyes. I know he's doing something dumb. I know he's doing something foolish. I know my father Noah is drunk and naked in his tent right now, but I choose to see him the way God sees him, and I'm going to cover my eyes, and I'm going to cover him with this garment so I can protect him. That's what people of honor do. And that's the kind of people that we are called to be like and called to lead like, is to cover people's weaknesses. Because watch, God, he, this is what he does. God honors and he blesses honor, but he curses dishonor. It was in the text. Read it. Genesis chapter 9. God honors and he blesses honor and he curses dishonor. And I don't know about you but I certainly don't want to be a dishonorable person. I don't want to have sickness and suffering come to my house. And frankly, I will fight for the favor of God and the hand of God that is on my life. I will do it as long as I live. And one principle to usher heaven down into my life, into my family, into my finances, into my church, will be this, is the principle of honor. Is everybody getting some of this out? Good. So, listen, I wrote down two things about dishonor. Is number one, is dishonor closes heaven's doors. And so if you want heaven's hand and heaven's doors open on your life, you need to be an honoring person. And here's the second thing I just wrote down be this, is that dishonor always, 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 always suffers loss. And so when you dishonor somebody or something or your leaders or your examples, you will always lose influence. You will always lose trust. You will always suffer loss because of dishonor. That's what happens when you're a dishonoring person. And so listen, there is a mutual uh, uh, exclusivity where just uh, just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you dishonor somebody. You know that, right? So you can disagree with somebody, but you can still be honoring to them. And so disagreement and dishonor are completely different things. But dishonor is gossip. Dishonor is empty threats. Dishonor is treating people as common or normal. That's what happens when you dishonor. There is danger in dishonor. But here's what I want to do. I want to give you the honor code. Can you handle this today? Is this good teaching? Okay, I want to give you the honor code. And so here's the honor code. Um, I just, I'll just give you a quick story just for an example. I remember, um, I remember walking into Relate Conference just last week or two weeks ago now, and uh, we're in Worcester, we're at Lifesong Church, and there's probably 400 pastors, 400 pastors and leaders at this conference, and uh, I walk in the front doors, walking with a few of my friends, it's like, you know, 8.45 in the morning, uh, somewhat early, I woke up, you know, an hour and a half earlier, Just didn't have any coffee or anything like that, I don't drink coffee, because I'm not addicted like everybody else, um, anyways, uh, walked into this place, and uh, I see my mom, my mom makes eye contact with me, And then she walks right up to me as soon as I open the door. And uh, she just comes up. She gives me a big old hug. And she goes, the best leader in all of New England just walked inside this church. And I'm just like, I'm just like looking. I'm like, who is she talking about? I'm like, who is she? Come on, you got to love a mom that that loves their son. And And then she's like, I'm talking to you. She gives me a big kiss on the cheek. And she gives me a big old hug. And she's like, I'm so proud of my boy. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty awesome, aren't I, Ma? Huh? I was I was hype and I'm like I'm looking around I'm like I am the best I'm just kidding I didn't think that but 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 watch one word of honor is adrenaline to the soul just one word when you learn how to honor people watch what happens to that person you will draw forth incredible things from their life because one word of honor is equivalent to like 10 t- cups of coffee right there come on That's what happens when you honor people. Come on, can we make a decision? We're going to be honoring people. We're going to draw forth the royalty inside of people. We're going to see people rise up in leadership because we see through the eyes of honor and we see what's on the inside of them. And I love this about our God is he doesn't see us the way we are. He sees us the way we could be. That's the beauty about the nature of our God. I love that about our God. So write these two things down is this, is if dishonor closes heaven's doors, well, honor opens them wide up. That's what honor does. Come on, anybody in here want the favor of God on their life? Anybody in here want the hand of God on their life? Anybody want to see heaven's doors wide open and just pour blessing and rain it down on your life? Well, be a person of honor. And I'm telling you, heaven's doors will be wide open on your finances, on your health, on your mental state, on your relationships. Heaven's doors will be wide open when you honor people. Amen, everybody? I wrote this down in my notes, just, just for, if you want it, is this, is honor is a miracle magnet. That's what honor does. Honor is a miracle magnet. And here's the second thing, is this, is that honor always draws out the royalty in people. Watch. In 1 Samuel, we talked about this last week. We were in 1 Samuel 10 last week. But in 1 Samuel, I can't remember the chapter right now, forgive me, but it's where... Uh, David is being represented. And so the prophet Samuel comes to Jesse's house and he says, "Uh, the Lord told me that there is a king in your household. And watch what Jesse does. The father of David, Jesse lines up all all seven of his sons and he has eight sons. The eighth son was David. I heard a sermon one time is I am number eight. I love it. It was so powerful. But he lines up all seven sons and uh, Samuel goes through all seven sons and he's like, is it this guy? And the Lord says, no. Is it this guy? No. Is it this guy? No. Is it this guy? No. Goes through all seven. And he goes, God told me uh, that one of your sons is the king, Jesse. Is there another son? And he goes, oh yeah, there's another kid but he's, he's out shepherding right now. Do you want me to go get him? So watch. So David's biological father rejected him. And most people and scholars believe that David had harbored such hurt from his father, and that's why most people believe that David was so attached to Saul because Saul was the closest thing, thing to a father that actually loved him. Even though Saul was trying to throw spears at him and kill David, David keep running back to him because he suffered from a father wound. That's what scholars believe. And so he wasn't even represented at the table. And he wasn't even represented by his own father. His own father, watch this, his own father didn't even believe in him. And yet Jesse had no idea, watch this, he had a king in his household. And oftentimes, uh, we, it's, it's the same thing that I said earlier, is the people that know you the most oftentimes value the least. We're not going to be that church. We're never going to be that type of church. But Jesse was that kind of father. And so Samuel called forth David and he goes, this is the man. This is the man for the job. This is the future of Israel. This is Israel's answer. This is a deliverer. This is the next king. And he anoints him with oil. He says, even though most people see a shepherd boy, God, through the eyes of honor, told Samuel, he says, this is a king. And you might see your son or your daughter as something that they might be doing some crazy stuff right now. Let me tell you something that my parents know a little bit something about this, but I thank God, especially for my mom. She saw me through the eyes of honor, and she just said, I got a word from God that even though Devin's doing some stupid stuff right now, I know for a fact that God spoke to me, and he is going to be a leader. He is going to be a preacher. He's going to be a pastor, and he's going to lead thousands of people to Christ, and that's the way we need to see people is that most people see a shepherd boy, but we see a king. Most people see a young, insignificant, insecure young man or young woman, but we see a king and we see a queen on the inside of them. And that's what royalty, and that's what honor does, is they draw forth the royalty out of people. Can I get an amen, everybody? That's what happens when you have honor in your life. Amen, everybody? Let me just just pray for you, because I want to really believe that this is going to be a transferable message that we imply and apply honor into our lives from now on. Don't be a person of dishonor. Be a person that honors everybody. We honor up, we honor down, and we honor all around. No matter who we are, we see through the eyes of honor because honor opens heaven's doors and honor draws forth the royalty out of people. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just declare blessing and favor over our church family and help us today, Father, to receive this word. Holy Spirit, would you remind us Remind us today to be people of honor. That honor draws forth the royalty out of people. It opens heaven's doors. It does what nothing else can do. It does what compliments could never do. It does what finances could never do. Honor does miracles. And where there is no honor, there is no miracles. And so we create a space where we honor you, Jesus. And so we honor you for the king that you are. We don't just see you as a, a, a young carpenter boy. We see you as the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the savior of humanity. And we want to see Jesus do works in our lives. In Jesus' name. Now, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe there's some of you that you haven't seen Jesus correctly. You might have seen him as a carpenter boy. You might have just heard about him. Kind of a fairy tale story is what you might think. But maybe today... You could switch that and just say, no, I I see Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. And maybe that's you today. And I want to give you an opportunity on three to shoot your hand up and say, that's me. I want to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and see him the way he actually is. If that's you on three, shoot your hand up. If that's you, one, Jesus loves you so much. And today is your day for salvation. Two, don't you dare wait another minute. For tomorrow is not promised. Three, if that's you, shoot your head up and say, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I see your hand and your hand and your hand. Thank you so much. We are so proud of you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, would everybody repeat this prayer after me? Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. And I ask you to forgive me. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I thank you, Lord, for the identity that you've given me. I know who I am. I am royalty. God calls me a king or a queen. And so today, I apply this principle to my life. I will not dishonor even those that are dishonorable. I will be an honoring person because that's who I am in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, did you get something out of that today? Amen, y'all. Um, hey, listen! I want to just admit a quick challenge to you. I just thought this is just a little homework assignment for us. Is uh, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me and just saying, "Dev, listen! You need to do this." Is challenge the church to three days of honor. And so, you got a homework assignment. Is for the next three days, starting tomorrow. I want you to either whether it's through text messages, whether it's through. Uh, a personal one-on-one conversation maybe it's through social media to take the next three days and honor some people that need honoring come on what does the bible say is those who lead you well are worthy of double honor and so can we admit that come on can we can we accept that challenge everybody take the next few days and let's start honoring some people and see miracles happen in our lives amen everybody